Hey, and welcome back for our 26th class on the Christian Basics or for my Lutheran teenagers at their confirmation. I'm Evan McClanahan. I'm the pastor down at First Lutheran here in Houston, and every week we try to bring you biblical content that will help you with your new or emerging walk with Christ. This week we're looking at the liturgical year and the liturgical calendar. What is it? Why do we have it? And what difference does it make? We'll talk about all of that and much more. Let's roll. Okay, I get it. This might not be the most exciting subject ever, but if you plan to spend any time at all in a traditional or liturgical church, then you kind of need to understand how the liturgical year works. You know, why do we have different colors and different seasons? What are we trying to accomplish with that? Knowing how it works will actually really help you to appreciate it. And one of the blessings of a liturgical year is that it really speaks to the wide experience of human beings. You know, we're not always happy or not always repentant or sad or, or mournful. Sometimes we have expectant periods in our life or joyful periods of our life, festival periods of our life. And what you find in the liturgical year is that all of these different realities of our human existence are observed. Uh, one of the things I don't like about a lot of contemporary worship in evangelical churches is that it's always just praise and worship. You know, it's 30 minutes of praise and worship music followed by like a 30-minute motivational speech. It, it's kind of a, a very narrow understanding of the human experience. What you find in a liturgical year is the fullness of our human experience and then a survey, really, not all of the Bible, but a lot of the Bible being covered over this, this annual pattern and then this three-year pattern of readings if you use the lectionary as well. We might not always feel the way a particular season wants us to feel, like we might be going through Christmas or Easter, which are festive times of the year, but we don't feel especially festive. Or we might be going through Lent, which is a repentant time of year, and we don't feel especially repentant for whatever reason. But that's not really the point. It's not that it makes you feel a certain way, but it reflects the fullness of your human experience. Uh, given that we live in a fallen world, we have a lot to celebrate as Christians, and yet we still mourn death and our sin and so on and so forth. So the liturgical church year in this beautiful pattern lived out over and over is really a gift to the church. It really helps us to observe the range of our human experience, our feelings, our emotions, our situations, and also it works us through the, 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 the church scriptures, the scriptures of the Bible, the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, his ministry, his teachings. And, you know, you have the approach or you should have the approach that these things, it's, it's kind of like agriculture, you know, it's kind of like growing food. It takes time. It takes patience. It, you know, over and over through the years, it, it, it gets deep within you. One of the things that bothers me about a lot of church experience is that Churches are always trying to get people to be really excited about something or really passionate about something and to really believe something, and that's not necessarily bad. But, you know, if you constantly are trying to get people just to be excited about uh, your faith or something like that, you're, you're kind of missing out on one of the beauties of it, which is that it becomes part of who you are. And it's kind of like eating. You know, you don't remember every single meal, but if you stopped eating for a week, you would definitely notice it, right? So... 
Normal church worship and attendance, it's a beautiful thing because of the way it slowly but deeply forms you rather than just trying to get you excited about something today. So with all of that said, let's start to look at the church year. Really, everything in the church year revolves around the two great festivals, Christmas and Easter. Everything really revolves around them, and that, of course, makes sense because they're the two most important festivals in the church year, one commemorating the birth of Christ, really the incarnation of Christ, and then Easter commemorating the resurrection of Christ. Now, Christmas, as you know, is always December 25th, and we'll talk about how that date was chosen in a later video, but Christmas is really the season to remember the incarnation or enfleshment of God, more than just the birth story of Jesus. And Christmas lasts for 12 days, from December 25th to January 5th. This season is white and gold, as all festival seasons are. Easter is, of course, the other major festival in the life of the church. This is when we remember the resurrection of Jesus on the third day following his crucifixion. He was crucified on a Friday, so Easter is always on a Sunday. In fact, Christians moved worship from Saturday to Sunday because it is the day of resurrection. Easter always falls on the first Sunday after the first full moon after March 21st. Complicated, I know. But for every feast, you have a fast. So the four Sundays before Christmas are Advent. During Advent, we look forward to Jesus coming again. We hear the words of John the Baptist encouraging us to be prepared, and we hear the story of Mary and Joseph as they prepare to welcome Jesus into the world. The color for Lent is usually blue. Before Easter, we have the season of Lent. Lent is a more penitential season of fasting and contemplation than Advent. During Lent, we confess our sins, acknowledge that we are fallen creatures who will die, and try to shed ourselves of anything that would keep us from knowing and loving God. The color for Lent is purple, but you'll notice I didn't completely fill in the line. I'll explain why in a minute. Pentecost is another festival in the life of the church. It recalls the story in Acts 2 of the Spirit coming upon the church in dramatic fashion exactly 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. So we also observe Pentecost 50 days after Easter. The color is red because it recalls the Spirit and the flames that appear over those who can now understand foreign languages. I said earlier that Christmas ended January 5th. On January 6th, we celebrate the festival of the Epiphany, which is the story of the Magi visiting Jesus. The seasons following both Epiphany and Pentecost are green, to represent that these are times of growth in our Christian lives. Epiphany ends on Ash Wednesday, which begins the season of Lent. An Epiphany can be as long or as short as it needs to be. It all depends on when Easter is, which determines when Lent begins. Now about that sliver of time between Lent and Easter, well, we call that last week of Jesus' life Holy Week. In the church, we kind of reenact the story of Jesus last week, as so many critical events happened during that time. This season gets its own color, scarlet, a lovely deep shade of red. Until Good Friday, anyway, when the color is black for two days to remember the death of Jesus. Let's look at Holy Week in a little more detail. It begins with Palm Sunday, which itself recalls the story of Jesus' triumphant entrance into Jerusalem on a donkey and celebrated as the coming Messiah. This day is always bittersweet, because we know how this week ends and how the hopes of the Messiah seem to be shattered with the death of Jesus. On Maundy Thursday, we hear about Jesus last night with his disciples. During this time together, they celebrated the Passover meal, which really becomes the Lord's Supper. 
He also washed the disciples' feet. We get the word mandi from the Latin word mandatum or mandate. Remember that at this meal, Jesus mandates that the disciples love one another as he loved them. Then we remember the crucifixion of Jesus on Good Friday. This day is good for us because of the love God shows for us in that he dies for us at the right time while we were yet sinners. Most churches will read the entire Passion narrative on this day, and the congregation sometimes will read the portions for the crowd, including the command to crucify Jesus. That, of course, leads us to Easter Sunday, the third day on which Jesus is raised from the dead. Of course, we'll talk about this in much more detail in a future video, but what is kind of neat about Easter is that both the seasons of Pentecost and Epiphany depend on when Easter falls. The later Easter is, the shorter Pentecost is, and the earlier Easter is, the shorter Epiphany is. Now, there are other dates in the year, too. Ash Wednesday begins Lent, as I said. It's the day that Christians will get ashes imposed on their forehead to be reminded that they are dust, and to dust they will return. By the way, Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday, is the day before Ash Wednesday. This day of fatness gets an S to become a season of fasting, which gets an E to become the Easter feast. Now, Lutherans, of course, love to celebrate Reformation Sunday, always the Sunday on or before October 31st. It was on All Hallows' Eve, October 31st, 1517, that Martin Luther posted those famous 95 theses or arguments against the sale of indulgences. All Hallows' Eve is, of course, Halloween. All Saints Sunday is always the Sunday on or after November 1st. We remember those who have died or been baptized in the previous year. And as you may have guessed, Halloween is directly connected to this festival. Well, there you have it, a look at the church year in very short order, something that provides a lot of benefits to the Christian life, in my humble opinion. For the next three videos, I'll be joined by the president of a Lutheran seminary for the AALC, Dr. Jordan Cooper. We're going to be looking at what are those real Lutheran distinctives in addition to some of the things maybe I've already talked about, but how Lutherans are different from Roman Catholics and also how Lutherans are different from our Calvinist or Reformed brothers and sisters. Those really are, in many respects, our closest cousins, if you will. So I think it's good for all sides on that uh, divide to kind of know where we stand and why. So we'll really be blessed by Jordan joining us for those. Until next time, of course, subscribe to this channel on YouTube. Spread the word if this is helpful. As always, we want to create a content that just teaches the basics of Christianity. There are so many people who, who know nothing about Christianity, and we want them to be able in one place just to learn the basics of what Christians believe in very, very easy fashion. Go to flhouston.org for the worksheets. Email me anytime at christianbasicsclass at gmail.com. And until next time, take care.